Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. Luca Nation. You can see I'm in a new setting, so uh, I hope I bring it 100% like I normally do. Shout out to Bottom Ninth Sports, right? He sent me a hat cage. That's Dude, a good guy. He said, you have, they see your product and uh, product in your hair, and it's always gelled up nice. You don't wear hats. But today we have a special guest. We have someone that I've interacted with for probably three years now uh, in Instagram uh, DMs. And anytime I've had a question, this guy has been super responsive. And I guarantee most of you know him. It's uh, Aaron, the founder of Slab Stocks. Slab Stocks has been around for, what is it, two, three, four years now. And they've just been community-centric. They've been putting out content to help people, uh, graphs, data, all free. And you guys got to understand, that shit, that's not easy. It takes a ton of time. It takes a ton of effort. And I know the guys behind the scenes, and I know they care about the community. Tons of money, so too. Tons of money, too. Some people don't realize that it's it's not cheap to do it. <laughs> it, it is. And time is money, right? Yeah. Um, Listen, but, money, what money, are... money moves mountains, man. I mean, look, Andrew, if you're watching on YouTube now, he's in a different location. You guys can see very different. Last night, he called me. It was helicopters in the background running. He's like, you know, you got to send me a bunch of pesos. The Federales have found my location. Uh, we have to move into another undisclosed location. I cannot tell you whether or not it's still in Mexico. It's a temporary, temporary thing. I mean, but money, money's important, man. Look, we were able to, we were able to mm -hmm. rescue. We were able to rescue Andrew from the right. Mexican the, government the, yesterday. The, the trap house that you found for me has my childhood not, and my family photos <laughs> in the background too. He's in, a, no. he's in, he's in, a, he's in a secure location that may or may not have pictures of him as a kid in the background. If you he clowns, man. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, today we're going to talk about Slap Stocks Pro. And I'm really excited to learn about this tool, learn about the the purpose, why Aaron built it. Is it? Do you mind? Could I start there? You know, you've had so much success in the hobby. Why go and build a program like Slab Stocks Pro? What's your intention? What's your vision for yeah. it? Yeah. Well, first off, repeat guests. So thank you so much oh, for repeat guests. coming on. Repeat guests. I love Luke and Nation and uh, Andrew and Cage. I, like like Andrew said, I've known them for really since like the. The hobby started going mainstream in early 2019. We we connected very early on, and uh, I thank you all for your for your uh, your kindness. Y'all show me. Um, but in terms of Slabstacks Pro, so th the reason why Slabstacks even became a thing was because of Slabstacks Pro in 2017. Sophomore in college, I've been buying and selling cards like my whole life, and you know, finally had an idea like, Hey, I, you know, I saw the sneaker market and how the sneaker market was changing into more of a, you know, buy, sell stock market type feel. And I easily made the correlation to sports cards for myself. Like this is such an untapped area for any business type of, you know, acuum or, or anything that really had to do with any businesses around cards other than your, your classic eBay or PWCC consignment and stuff like that. And PSA grading, you know, there was no like huge content. There was no, you know, massive shows or anything. And, and I had the idea to create an app that would basically track sports card values like the stock market. And that's not like a groundbreaking idea, right? Like I'm sure a lot of other people out there like thought of that, but really the thing is, is Gary says it all the time, you know, like, People that go and get it take ideas and make them a reality versus just having, you know, ideas, nothing, you know, unless you actually do something with it. So I, that's, that's what my, that's what I did. I had no money. I had, I had no IT background. I had no programs. I had nothing. And I just started to draw sketches on, on a notebook. And I really want to find the notebook, man. I think it's buried in my parents' basement or something. And from, from my college, like, you know, Rubbermaids and stuff. But I, I seriously sat there and just sketched out what Slapstacks Pro looks like in 2017 and years later, finally now, we were able to release it to our pre-registration first access list um, to get on and use Slabstocks Pro. And it's going to change a lot into the future as well and get more powerful, get better as we obviously generate some revenue from it and are able to reinvest in the business. But um, the, really the theory behind it is to take barriers away from sports cards. You know, so many times as the hobby grew, 
there are multiple times I felt that, you know, certain barriers were getting put up to prevent new people from learning or new people from getting in. And really, I'd, I'd say a lot of that got broken through in like maybe, you know, early 2020, right, going to COVID. Like that's when it was just all, all doors were open, right? Like people were already coming into sports cards end of 2019. Um, and, you know, obviously they were doing well for people. Like there's no denying that sports cards were already, you know, gaining a ton of value before COVID happened. But once the whole COVID uh, situation occurred, it, it just kind of like took away everything. It's like, all right, floodgates are open. Anyone come in, start buying, selling. Rules changed a million times. And that was kind of it. You know, like then the market was changing for forever. And there's still even through all of that, like I've been years now creating content with our team to expand our reach and to gain people to that care about the industry and not necessarily care about what we say, but care about what other people say, because that's what we do. You know, we drive discussion through posts that our Instagram feed is not buy this, buy that. I mean, anyone that's actually actively followed us knows that it's, we bring up topics and want people to discuss them, to engage with others, to learn from others and to just, you know, enjoy sports cards and, and start a network in the, in the hobby. Cause that matters so much too. I mean, there's only, one reason why I get to appear on these shows with other people is because I'm I have a network. I, I talk to people. I learned about what they like. I, you know, Cage. I actually have a graph pulled up on, on my computer for a '93 SP Jeter PSA eight. You know, like I, I know you're a Jeter guy, so like yep. stuff like that makes me think of other people, and um, and it's exciting stuff. But the whole Slab Stocks Pro theory and the whole Slab Stocks mission is to make sports cars accessible, and that's all through taking those down those barriers by trying to make as much free as possible. Obviously, when we do breaks, I can't give away free packs because then I'll be negative $100,000 in like, you know, a month or whatever. But, you know, that's the theory is anything where people need to learn to, you know, learn data to learn whatever we want to make free as possible. Where can uh, where can people join the wait list? Like where, where should people go? Right, right. So if you're listening to this right now, we're, you know, five minutes and then you want to get on this, you go to slabstocks.com. Very easy. S-L-A-B-S-T-O-X.com. Hit the Slab Stocks Pro tab and then scroll down and put in your email. You'll get an invite right away. We're going to be all doors open here, hopefully pretty soon to where, you know, you just go to this URL or you, you hit it on the main side of the screen and you're right there. Um, just have this first access group going right now because we are actively, you know, upgrading different things in the site as we launch. And we don't want to like go fully live to where it's like, oh, this is it. You know, this is the final product. It's like, no, we're making these small updates as we go through this first little launch to get people on, but also to be switching as we go. So if you do that, put in your email, you should get an automated email. It gives you um, the link to get into the platform. Slabstocks.com. Click on the Slabstocks Pro. Scroll to the bottom and you'll see there's a place to pre-register. Yep. I, I want to get into something, Cage. It's actually a topic that we've wanted to talk about for a while. And it's comps, right? How In the stock market, in crypto, in Ether, Bitcoin, all that stuff, there's so much liquidity. So it's really easy to set the market price. But with sports cards, like we saw the Michael Jordan card, sold for 188. The next week it sold for 207. Before that, sold for 285. Then it was 750. What how do you how do you aggregate with sports cards when there's maybe one, two, three sales a month to really know a true price? Yeah, and I think that's gonna be the biggest difficulty. And it's not something we can like get around. It's just the industry and what it is, is like making sure we have as accurate of information as possible. Cause there are more platforms now. There are you know, different places. And there's a lot of private sales now happening too with, with doors opening up, shows going on. Um, there's a lot that we just can't get our hands on for data. And so much of this is going to be like, hey, Slapstocks Pro is a great way to get that high level view of like what's going on and what values might be or what they were on the specific date. But you really do need to give it a, a, a longer look too. And I'm not saying that because like I'm trying to say our tool isn't good enough. I think anywhere that you look at data, you need to do that because if I were to just go and rely on one number I see, you know, I could get burned some way or another. But you need to have that starting base. You need to have that thing that that lets you know, like, is it up or down? What date did it sell on? This and that. And and for us right now, like, the way that, that we're able to do it is through tracking eBay auctions, which as shows happen more, eBay auctions, obviously not everyone is just saying, this is the number. I'm going to accept this because this is what it says. Like, there's a lot more going into the industry now of, like, you know, how, how badly does someone want a card? Am I going to price it higher than the last comp and stuff? I think that maybe like a year ago where it was very much like this is what eBay says, this is the sale. But like I said, there's always a place to start. And for us, tracking eBay auctions is the most feasible way to do it right now. And we're also going to be tracking, you know, some of the high-end sales through PWC, 
PWCC Premier Auction, um, possibly through Golden with some of the cards if they if they're ones that we want to track in the database. Um, but you know, comps are never one hundred percent certain. The way that they are one hundred percent certain is if you have a very liquid card. Well, not even liquid card. I should say high sales volume card, like a Zion Prism Base PSA ten. That I can definitively tell you, you go on a Slapstacks Pro, that's the number it's probably going to sell for on the eBay auction, which then you can decide how much are you selling it for, you know, via Instagram, via Facebook, via eBay, via PWCC, however you sell it, you know. But um, that 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 makes sense. But you go on and you, you look up a 2019 Select Blue Ob 199 PSA 10 that or Blue Ob 299 PSA 10 that doesn't sell every you know week. And that's harder, you know, because then you got to decide for yourself, you know, how much do you value that and are you willing to let it go or are you just going to sell at the last sale? But you know, we're tracking those eBay auctions to give everyone a baseline. And are you going to be able to do that for slabs like uh, PSA, BGS, HGA, SGC? Is that going to be – is that the vision? Right. So right now the database is limited to PSA and BGS. We're tracking nines for both companies and then nine fives for BGS and tens for PSA. We are going to throw into the mix some BGS 10 tracking on key cards. We're not going to do it for every card because for us, like the way that our database works, you know, we, we take on costs associated with slabs that we're tracking and the infrequent of sales through BGS tens would really hamper us in terms of our cost analysis as a company. So we, we can't add BGS tens for all cards right now. Like we're doing PSA tens, nine fives and nines and stuff. Um, but in the future, we plan on incorporating some other grading companies based on that they're newer cards. So like Lamella Ball 2020 Prism, SGC 10. That's a card we're probably going to start tracking here very soon. Um, you know, like 2021 Trevor Lawrence cards when they come out. His, let's say, I don't know, let's, I don't know, for whatever reason, let's say his uh, Prism base just comes out just because it's top of mind. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll track something like that for SGC. We're not going to go back and track a 2018 Topps Chrome Acuna SGC 10. Um, we, we don't see a, very much value in that, especially from the cost standpoint of the company, but also the just the pure, like, how many are being sold? Not that many. PSA 10s, it's going to tell you a much better read on the market. SGC 10, it, it wouldn't on a card like that. But, yeah, we, we do plan on expanding some of those things. Uh, circumstances applied. HGA, I know, I know you all are pretty high in HGA, right? So that's a good question to ask. Um, if there's certain cards that carry high sales volume, yes. But like, like I said, like the way that our database works, we can't add everything under the sun. We can't add all grading companies, especially with the lack of sales that occur for some of them per card. But if there is an opportunity to wear a Lamelo Ball 2020 hoops, HGA 95 is a very frequently sold card or frequently listed card, then sure we'll track it. Um, but until there's a you know a real like basis to knowing that there's enough sales volume through a specific company or enough value being created. Um, we won't be. And that's not to say that, like, I hate other grading companies. <laughs> I think a lot of people think that is that, you know, I hate new grading companies. I don't just for the standpoint of our business and how we operate. It's very hard to get behind a grading company has very low volume of slabs in the marketplace when our cost is very high from, from Slab Stacks Pro to figure out what we want to be tracking. Um, so let's follow that. Right. So, I mean, it makes sense what you're saying. Right. People who are new, uh, people who are not established, people who haven't been in it long. Um, it's not the cost benefit analysis that you're doing. It doesn't make sense to, you know, to include them all. So I'm Joe hobby, right? Um, you know, I'm Joe Matanats. I got into the hobby. I've collected. I know what podcast to listen to. I listen to Lucas Tigers and Browns because everybody else sucks. Right. I know if I want to buy a, um, I want to buy a, uh, you know, a card, I know I'm going to go to eBay or maybe, you know, if it's a high end car, maybe I go to PWCC. So not better, not worse, but tell me why I don't just go to card ladder. Why do I need right. you? Tell me why you're different. Tell me why, you know, why. you're new. I mean, my money's already there. They've been around for a long time. You know, they've established. They're the PSA. You're the HGA. Tell me why, <laughs> yeah. I, should, why I should even go to slamstocks.com. What's different? What do you guys bring to the table? Because that's what Joe Hobby is going to want to know. Right. No, that's a, that's a great question. I have no problems addressing it in the slightest. Um, first off, the biggest overarching thing is every single part of our website, our platform is 100% free. Um, I said that earlier in the podcast. So I want to make it very clear that like the reason why we're doing this is to get as much data, get as much card love in people's hands as possible. Um, if this was a profit thing for us, if this was and now clearly we need to build a business to build sustainable lives, build the business, reinvest, all that stuff. So we have to make money. I want people to know that like you can't run a business that has a very sophisticated software 
without making money. It's impossible. You will just will die up and no one will have Slapstacks Pro for free. So everything, you know, we have to keep in mind, like when we break, we have to make some money so that Slapstacks Pro can run and stuff, you know. Um, when we make our strategic partnerships, we need to, you know, make partnerships that I believe in because I won't partner with things I don't believe in. PWCC Vault, I 100% believe in it. I've used it. I love it. I think it's awesome. I think it saved my, saves myself a ton of time, which is why we create a PWCC partnership. It's not, you know, to sell out and make money. It's to drive strategic partnerships I think will help the community and also help build Slapstacks Pro. So I'll put that out there. So from the standpoint to – sorry, get back to Cage's question. I, I diverted. Well, free is a big answer. Free, uh, yeah. free, free. Joe Hobby likes that. I mean, right. Free, so free. Free. so that, 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 that – like if there's one thing I point to, it's that. But to get into a little bit about the features that come with it to at least you know show some competitiveness, I will say we will not be tracking as many cards as other databases. We will not be able to do all the amazing functions that something like Market Movers has. We are very limited. I, last time we, I came on the podcast with you all, I said – We've been delayed for so long. Yep. We we're going to get to that. We don't have the API. <laughs> yep. 100%. We don't have the API. You know, we, we have to do everything the hard way. And because of that, we are limited in what we can do. And that's okay because we don't have to be, you know, the, the super premium paid platform. We need to be the easiest to use, the most accessible platform in the sports car marketplace to get the most users on as possible. And that's what we're doing. And the really nice thing about what Slapstacks Pro is doing for free, I know that like places like Card Ladder have a free thing. I know that places like Market Movers have a, have a free app. All of our data is not limited. You go on our platform, it's not like you just see a running three months, meaning like if I go and check on you know, uh, a card July 25th, it'll show me three months from that point or August 25th, three months from that point. All that data just keeps on falling off, falling off, falling off for free. For us, anything that's stored any amount of years is going to be is going to be free to see. Um, we are, we are work in progress building as much data in as possible, getting as much historical in as possible. So some cards won't have like as talking about that Jeter earlier. Um, that Jeter is just something we don't have like five years of data on right now. But you go to you know some of these other cards, you know Luca Prism Silver PSA ten, and for free you can see the last three years of data from it, the last two years, whatever we have tracked at this moment. But we're constantly going to be building and making it better as we go through time. And then also on top of that, you know, things like comparisons head to head, you can do for free. Just what you just have to sign up for an account for free. Um, you get to do head to head comparisons on different slabs. You get to build your own portfolio as long as that matches our database, um, which while, you know, it's not the biggest database in the world right now, we're going to be expanding that database to hopefully be able to have people that host, you know, some items from their portfolio. It might not be everything like you can't go in there and add your your raw 2019 top series two rookie cup Ronald Acuna Carter series one whatever it was in. Um, that that's just it may, for us and what what this platform's intentions. It, we just can't do that. But you know we we can hopefully give people a, you know a pulse on what their what their own portfolios are doing as long as we have those cards in our database. Um, and then to go along with that, just like. Some of the features that we have in here are super sick. They just aren't built out as much as we want right now. So like this, we have, we're trying to build this social media channel through this thing called the stocks ticker. So our main stocks ticker graph is going to be tracking the sales that we're tracking day to day to kind of show like, was this a big day in the industry? Was it a small day in the industry? And then on top of that, we are allowing any user to create their own stocks ticker. Cage, you can go on there and pick your Griffey Upper Deck PSA 10, which I, I read your post. Didn't you say it's the one card you want to sell or whatever, the, the Griffey Upper Deck 89? Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, so it's, it's one of them. <laughs> so, so, so you can add that card, combine it with your Jeter PSA 9 foil, combine it with you know your 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 uh, Mike Trout 2011 update PSA 10 and track those top baseball cards changing over time. And not only can you track it yourself, you can name it the Luca Nation stocks ticker. So all your people can go on and search for the Luca Nation stocks ticker and see how your index fund is competing over the last month, three months, one year. We have a lot of ground to go to make that feature like super awesome social media wise and like, you know, community wise. But it's one way that we're trying to build some differentiation, get a community that can rally around something. And the more we educate on that as we go fully live um, with with our with our platform, I think that's going to be a great thing for people to be able to really like drive some community awareness in, in the industry and to compete with each other. And then one last feature before we get into some other questions is we do have a completely open 100% free slab request feature. 
I don't care who you are. You can go in there and submit a slab that you want to see in the database. Are we going to accept 100% of them? No, we can't. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wish we could. <laughs> I really wish we could. But uh, some of them just, just don't make sense with how the platform's set up to track. And that's not to say your card is invaluable or your card isn't worthy. Every card is worthy to you if you collect it for a specific reason or invest in it for a specific reason. There, like I said, from a business standpoint, we just can't track every single slab. It'd be impossible for us. But we are going to add slabs that people request um, as frequently as we can with our team size to, to really listen to our community. And we'll email them personally when we add it and say, hey, we add your slab. Here's the data. Go check it out, you know, type of thing. Now you can add it to your collection. So we're really making strides to, con to connect with the community, to have the community build the database as they want to see it. And that's all their free user. You know, you don't got to pay to get in to get a card on there, anything like that. Right, so I hear you talking about breaking as part of it. That'll be part of Slabstocks Pro or that'll be part of the Slabstocks universe? That'll oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no, Slabstocks Pro won't have anything to do with breaking on it. Um, the reason why I brought that up is because, you know, like I, I never thought in my life that I could be a, a card breaker. I knew that yeah, I've been watching YouTube since I was like freaking sixth grade watching Chris Cards Infinity rip packs. And I just like was like, that would be the dream. Like, you know, sitting on YouTube ripping boxes for people. Every day I come home from school and see the new boxes he posted to watch. And, you know, lo and behold, January, we finally took the plunge to kind of enter into that breaking world. But like, I don't want to be like seen as slab stocks being just another breaker. You know, like I, there's so many breakers out there between Instagram accounts, all that stuff. And there's nothing to take away from them because I think anyone that can go on and create their own, their own brand create their own network, create their own, you know, wealth through the industry is awesome. And you should do it. But the way that we, we, we want to be seen in position of breaking is like, we are bringing cool products to the table that lets us connect with our audience that knows that we're bringing to the table what they want to see. Um, we have uh, crazy enough, like soccer is our by far and away biggest breaking segment. Like I'm literally ripping soccer 95% of the time, I think now, which is a testament to how much, you know, time I've personally put into the soccer card market over the last two years. I know you all have watched it. You all know how much I've been involved with it. And, and it really, it all drives back to me to show like, hey, community drives it all. You build a community, you connect with others, they'll support you, and they'll help you get your goals. And I, I the, uh -huh, really, no pun intended. The last soccer break is going to help you get your goals. <laughs> you said, you, the soccer guy is going to help you get your goals. Oh, yes. Speaking of goals, Spain's up one nothing on literally one of – this has been a tournament of own goals. It's one of the worst it own really goals has. I've ever An seen. Another own goal? Seriously. Yeah. So Spain, they've had eight attempts, four of them on target, and the last one they had hit the post and went straight up. And the goalie obviously identified that it was going straight up, and he's watching it with his, his, his face towards the post, right? So he's looking at the net, and he's, he's – nobody can go up there. So he goes to jump. And basically, I've done this. I play goalie. You know, like, instead of it coming back in, instead of, like, trying to catch it, even though there's no one around him, he tried to do one of these volleyball spikes and, you know, hit it out. It would have been a corner kick. You know, hit it over the goal. But instead, I guess, you know, white men can't jump. I have no idea. But he takes it and he decides to do a volleyball spike about a foot under the bar and spikes it into the goal. Uh, it's one of the worst goals I've ever seen in my life. It's shame. horrible. I'll have to look it up after this. Oh, and see. Yeah, it's just miserable. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Let me ask you. I was gonna, I'm was i glad Aaron went to talk soccer. On Slabstocks Pro, are you seeing more sales in soccer? Do you see soccer having lasting power? Yeah. So the thing with soccer and Slabstocks Pro, one more thing is like I'm very conscious about how do we differentiate because I know the power of the platforms out there right now that people like Cage said, the PSA, you know, the market movers, the car layer that people are paying for and they've used so much. Like we know we're, we're aware of it. I'm not naive. Um, but the reason why I bring it up is differentiations because we are trying to go after those segments that might be untapped through the other platforms. Soccer. I've done so much work in it. We're, soccer is our second biggest part of slab stocks pro it might not have the most sales coming through it and i'll tell you why the reason why it's not having the most sales coming through it is because of the lack of graded soccer cards basketball cards have been graded at an insanely high volume for years easily our biggest segment of like sales each day baseball cards same deal baseball is probably number two but in terms of like actual database like we built this database this is these are the cards we're tracking soccer's number two i think baseball's three football's four basketball's obviously one um, but that yeah, graded card I, I, thing that's going to change the volume of that. If you go on Golden's yeah. current auction, the the, yes. number one, the number one card right now, the highest, the most expensive card in the Golden auction right now is right. Holland. It's, it's the Holland. Especially if more people get their submissions back from PSA and BGS that sent in these soccer cards, you know, six eight months ago. 
Um, more slabs will come to the market. More slabs will be tracked through SlabStacks Pro. But yeah, I mean, to me, it's a big thing. To me, worldwide audience is a big deal. I mean, everyone knows why I love soccer cards, and it's grown me way closer to the sport. And now I watch the sport all the time. Um, I really enjoy it. I'm not like the most knowledgeable in any slight, slightest way at all. I, I I know a bare minimum compared to a guy like Andrew over there and stuff. Well, but, I was actually gonna say if we're gonna add value here, if, I'm hearing Cage say Halan's the most expensive card in the gold. I'm starting to think. I'm starting to think Zidane, Rivaldo, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, all of these old school guys. They have to, you know, it's kind of that rubber band effect. Sure, yeah. Halan's the sexy new toy, but like, it Did has you say to Halan have the sexy. The you sexy did, new toy. You? Oh, okay. Like shiny. <laughs> shiny new toy. All right. Be it's careful, the same thing. Man. You know what I mean? It's, you know, it's people, people are going to stop mailing you Halon cards. I, I, I'm tapping them. into a new demo, Cage. <laughs> I'm, trying, I'm trying to expand our audience. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I mean, sexy. I mean, Mbappe is where I would go. I'm not Halon. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a blonde fan. So you got to think about, like, the people buying soccer cards. Are they people that already knew who Rolandino was? Or I know already knew who Rivaldo was. Like to me, it's like I am one of those people, and I will. I have no shame in saying it. Ronaldinho, obviously, I've heard he's a legend. I own no cards. I would never buy a Ronaldinho card. Jeez. I have no connection to him. I never watched him play. I never cared about soccer when he played. There's probably a lot of people that are like me, and that's why it's happening. Because I would rather go buy Mason Mount. I'd rather go buy Phil Foden. I'd rather go buy Dino James Baggio. Pinto. Dino Baggio. What? Dino Baggio. Roberto, it's both of them. Roberto Baggio was better, but I'm a Dino Baggio guy. I'm but, the but Aaron, guy. and and this is what we do. I, I, it's a little <laughs> different type of podcast, but we do this because we are community oh, centric. We are. But different. this happened. I remember this exact conversation in about June, July, August of last year, where people were like, "Why would I buy Mike in? Why would I buy vintage basketball?" They were saying that exact same thing. Exactly. If Joe Montana walked up to me in the street and punched me in the face, I wouldn't know who it was. Who, I remember who said, that. Did, is that what, who said that? Was that Lou? Oh. Who else would say such a thing like that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a totally different story. That's not even talking about like some old soccer. That's literally like one of the best quarterbacks of all time. If you don't know who Joe Montana is and what he looks like and you're a sports fan, <laughs> that makes no sense. Yeah, but, but the point, of course, is those cards did move up. Yeah, those cards did move. Vintage had its day, and maybe that'll happen. It started to happen. So let me let me preface it with this: is that while Andrew said that, and I gave my take back, I 100 percent think that the vintage soccer, those stickers, and all that stuff is a great place to be too. I'm just acknowledging that it's not the place for me, and I think it's not the place for a lot of other people like me, which is why I don't think it's been like seen as that like oh that insane boom yet. But I still think as the soccer car market grows, as does that stuff. It's just nature of the beast. Like there's no way that you know, over Ronaldo R R nine sticker rookie doesn't trend up if Mbappe and Holland keep setting these record prices. Exactly. So I got a question for you. You guys are great with content, all right. One of the great things that you have out there is is your content. I'll even give you know Nate's not here, but I'll give Nate a lot of credit also. Um, you know, one of my first we'll call it aping into because that's like the crypto word now. One of my first aping into uh, cards was uh, was Tatis. I bought a ton of Tatis when they were like 50 bucks. You know, I, I, bought, I was buying, you know, anyone I could grab. You can remember this. I mean, I'm going to buy them all for the next time. I did that not because I thought Tatis was awesome at the time, but I was taking the train home from work. It was 2019, I think. And I heard you and Nate doing a live comparing the price of Tatis's PSA 10s to other players in the league. Alonjo was, was yeah. one of them. And that, that was it. And I watched that and I, I watched it on the train right home and I'm like, these guys are making a lot of sense, right? And and I don't know if you had Tatis, I don't know if you had Alonzo, whatever it was. And I'm like, but it just makes sense. Think about these guys. Think about like like the the stats, the upside, you name it. I just I went I went all in and I bought as many, you know, Tatis as I could buy. And so Here's the fun, right? When you start giving content, right? And and we we have this as well. You start talking about players. You start giving, let's not call them picks, but you start talking about this one's worth this, this guy's this, you name it. You're doing breaks. Breaks are fine unless you tell me that you're also going to be pricing out sealed wax on Stocks Pro, right? You have your own collection, right? And some of the things you guys do are talk about like baseball prospects, you name it, the whole nine yards, so Andrew and I give picks, and I've actually started to say, like, I love this play. I would buy it myself, but I want you guys to go out and buy it. I'm not going to buy it. You know, I did that a couple couple times recently, and, you know, the whole deal. And I may actually go a step further very soon and, like, publicize my entire collection and say this is everything that I own, right? Um, not a step that we need to do, 
But just for transparency's sake, I think it's probably, you know, a good thing. I, however, am not a market maker. I am not the stock exchange. I am not Slab Stocks Pro. I am not somebody who is using an app, for, albeit free, to anyone who is going to be setting what a value is of a card, right? right. You're going to have some flexibility in it, some subjectivity. You're not going to just go on eBay. You're not going to just go on Golden. You're not just going to go on, you know, Point One Thirty. You're not just going on 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 these. You're going to have some flexibility. If Golden's high and eBay is lower, you're going to be the ultimate arbiter on whether you move that eBay price up to make, to meet the Golden or keep it at eBay or whatever it is. You know where I'm going. Where I'm going. I do. I do. I Everything we, that goes into Slab Stocks Pro is going to be a hard set data point. We aren't going to edit a value to be what we think it is. Like we, there's not enough time in the day for us to do that. First of all. And then secondly, you know, everything is going to come from a data point. Now, what data point goes in is a different story. If something sells through StockX and we look at it and we're like, okay, that's not re- representative of like what the market's saying, what eBay is saying, we're not going to add it. If something through Golden sells, that makes total sense. You know, like an 86 Fleer Jordan PSA 10 sells and maybe it sold for 100 grand over the last one, but it go- went through Golden so it had more publicity or something, you know, versus just like, an, you know, I, I guess that's a terrible example because all the drawer and PSA tens have great publicity. I don't want to say that one will have more than the other, but you get what I'm getting at. You know, like we will like probably make some calls like this sales data point just doesn't fit in. It it doesn't tell the representative story of the market, but there won't be ever a case to where we'll bump a value of something on Slap Stocks Pro ever that doesn't actually have a hard set sale that we can point to and say this happened. You know, every auction that's being tracked right now in Slab Stocks Pro, you can click view listing and you can click view listing on eBay and I'll show you the exact sale it came from. So that's what we're doing. And that's how we're making sure that it stays like this. Because clearly, you know, like this is not, like you said, a New York Stock Exchange type of thing. This this is like a couple kids made something awesome and we're putting it out there. Like we're a very small company, you know, doing this. You know, we're not a behemoth of 200 employees to where there's very you know, set measures between the whole nine yards. Now there is set measures. Like, I'm not trying to say like we didn't set policy, but you know, I can go, I can edit stuff as, as I please is what I'm trying to say. And, and we're not, you know, everything in here is going to be tied to an eBay auction sale for now. And then if there's something that's not, let's say it's a golden sale or PWCC premier auction sale or heritage auction sale, something like that. We'll have the exact source that comes from list on our sales data history. So you wouldn't be like, where did this come from or why you'll always know why and where it came from. Okay. You know, kid, you started using crypto, right? Yeah, a little a bit. Lot recently, of what yeah. A lot of what I'm seeing in the hobby reminds me of like crypto in 2014, 2015. So there was this boom in 2013 where the price went astronomical. Actually, it went up 20x in 2013. And if you look at the last year, it only went up 8x. So it's fun to look at charts like that. But what happened after that? It got a lot of people's attention. When it got a lot of people's attention, you started seeing companies forming. So it wasn't just investing in Bitcoin and Ether. It was, hey, CoinMarketCap, hmm, CoinDesk, hmm, Glassnode, huh, Square gets in as an exchange, Coinbase gets in an exchange. The, the hobby right now reminds me of the early days of Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies. And it's cool to see that it's not just the asset values that we're speculating on. It's we're building the roads and the highways and the toll booths for people to also understand the data. So people out there thinking, you know, I have card ladder, why do I need Slab Stocks Pro? Or I'm on Starstock and I track their index, why do I need card ladder, Slab Stocks Pro, or other tools? It's all of them. It's all of them because you're gonna be set up for success in 2025 and beyond. And I'm personally a believer that the hobby is gonna be around and flourishing in, in five, 10 years. Well, there's the next question, right? So that, and I'll ask that to Aaron, what do you think, right? I'm not, don't ask me what inning it is and blah, 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 but here, here's the fun, right? So. So over the last couple of months, we've seen a dip. I saw a great, I'm going to post it. I saw a great, uh, what are the memes they call these things now? I saw one, it was like, it was, um, what's that Leonardo DiCaprio movie? Inception? Catch me if you can. No, not that one. Come on. Inception, where it's, and, and he's talking, like, so you're saying we're in a dip? Yeah, we're in a dip within a dip. It's like a dream within a dream, kind of like one of those, like when you drop it. So it, it's really funny, right? Um, you know, we're obviously in a dip. There are people that I would listen to or look for their accounts, and they're just not putting up as much content anymore. And some of them are just gone, right? And, and you know, there are people who got in in the last six months to a year, and they are, they're basically disappearing. Um, and that's a segment of the hobby. That's an interesting segment of the hobby that's just kind of going away. It's harder now. You know, we were all geniuses last year, 
right? We're not geniuses now. So, so I guess what I'm going to ask you in two parts is one, um, has it been much more challenging to do this over the last six months when, when the market is kind of down? Do you, do you now also think to yourself, wow, you know, I wish I w- would have had this up a year and a half ago. Do you think that, you know, that, that the market is kind of like, um, you know, we're, we're, we're contracting a little bit and then where do you see it going? Right. Well, there's, I'll tell you what, there's never been a time that I didn't say, I wish I had this up as soon as we could, <laughs> you know, like that was our plan. And I won't deny it. I'm not saying, you know, I'm, li- I'm not living with any sort of regret for anything because we were dealt the hand we had to get, you know, we had to do specific things based off of certain policies that, you know, are in place. Like it just was going to take this long. Once we heard no API, we knew it was going to take this long. And we, you know, we, we were okay with that. You know, it actually got delayed even more so than I thought. So I don't want to say like, oh, I always knew it was going to be June. Uh, no, I thought it was going to be, you know, early 2021 at one point. But um, my, my point is, is that, yeah, you know, this launch from the market was hot. We would have had this thing tenfold bigger by now. Um, and and that, that is what it is. There's bumps and roads as a business owner. And if everything worked out perfectly, man, we would all be very happy with, with where we're at. And I'm not saying I'm not happy with, with what we've done. I'm very happy with what we've done. Even to get this thing live, the pre-registration list was a huge feat for us. You know, huge, a huge hump to get over to, to now build even further. Um, but, but, you know, we, I always have aspirations to build, to get it bigger, to make slab stacks as big as possible, make slab stacks pro as used as possible. And um, am I worried about the market being, you know, softer, not as much money is being spent, not as much slabs are being bought. I'm not worried about it. It's, it's just going to make the road a little bit longer for us, a little bit more difficult to build slab stacks pro as big as we want to be. Um, there's no denying that, that people not spending as much money makes it more difficult because slab stacks pro thrives off of people spending money. That's just going to be hundred percent open about that the way we make can make this free is we host listings through ebay and we're partner with the ebay partner network we have been for over two years now or almost two years and by people buying slabs through our website and buying other stuff on ebay that's how slab size pro is going to grow and that's how we're able to do it and that's how we're able to make it free but by not charging people for the actual use of the platform we need to thrive off of our audience being into sports cards buying sports cards all that stuff which I think that we will have plenty of users to help that grow. Um, like I said, it won't be as fast, but we're just going to, you know, we're going to do what, what we can. You know, that's all, how it's always been. There's never been a, the sky is falling. There's never been a, this is over. There's been pivots for us, right? It's been, this didn't work. So let's do this. This isn't going as well. So let's do this. It's been constantly that for three years now. And we don't make it there if we don't do that. Um, and I'll tell you what, we started talking, we started our business by just analyzing Bowman Chrome prospect autographs. There's no way Slab Stacks Pro is a thing if we're still doing that today. You know, like this is it's impossible. Um, and we, you know, I was always open to changing with the market and finding new ways to relate to new people and to you know, like I called it out three months ago on our live stream when I gave a we we did a live stream on YouTube and it got a ton of views too. It was six months forecast for the hobby and basically it was looking up to the national what's going to change and we just made some predictions and I, I said it a million times in the stream just because I say it doesn't mean it's going to happen. But something I'm looking at. And I said, the amount of PSA subs are going to come back over the next six months is going to be so ridiculous. Anything that's high population is just going to get crushed, like straight up. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but, you know, like just the reality of it is that you got to live with certain things that happen. And as that happened, you know, I've always I've always been a collector of rare stuff, serial numbered stuff, stuff that not everyone can have. Um, and the times change, you know, like when we were talking so much about you know, the base and the silver PSA 10s, PSA 9s, like there was opportunity, no doubt about it. PSA shutting down and getting 10 million cards, not foreseen by anyone, you know, otherwise no one would have been sending them their cards to be held hostage. So like, that's a thing that like it happened. I wasn't the one that decided that PSA shuts down or that PSA, you know, holds 10 million card backlogs and stuff. And you just got to kind of take those learning lessons in the market. And for people that might have sent 200 prison-based PSA, you know, or, or cards to PSA that are still sitting there that now have don't even sell for the cost of the grading. Shout out, like, you know, as much as I like Cam Johnson, Cam Johnson PSA 9s and DeAndre Hunter PSA 9s and stuff, like, those are probably like 10, 15 bucks right now. Let me point this out, though, because now this is going to Cage's second part of the question, like, in Andrew's question, like, hobby over the next five years type of deal. This stinks in the moment. The, the fact that, you know, people were sending in cards that now are worth less than even the grading fees. But I'll tell you what, this will get more people involved 
than if prison-based PS99s of guys like Cam Johnson were like 75 bucks or 10s were like $200 or whatever they were. Yeah, I, that's not what they were, but you know what I'm saying. Because now that kid or that person who wants to get into the market and learn about it can go pick up a rookie PSA-graded card of their favorite player for 8 bucks, 10 bucks, 15 bucks. There was no opportunity to buy in on a budget level six months ago. You were going and having to buy – just like a you know a non grade Gote Batazdes were like seventy five dollars. <laughs> yeah, like the, there was there was no and, and if you were to try to get on a budget level, you had to do what everyone else was doing: buy it non graded, hope it's an I or ten, and send it to PSA and wait for forever, and we see how that panned out. So now this gives opportunity to get in on those budget slabs at some point. I'm not saying this is the bottom for them. Who knows? Maybe Cam Johnson PSA nine is going to be three bucks after the finals are done, and they might lose it. He might do nothing. You know. But like the point is, is that it gives people an opportunity to actively get involved in the sports car market that don't immediately have thousands of dollars to spend. And at this point, if it's five bucks, you spend five dollars. What it goes to zero, you lost five dollars, right? Like at least you can get involved knowing that your risk isn't super high. hundred percent. One last thing. Yeah, go for it. If that theory stands, why have Giannis cards fallen from forty, you know, forty five hundred, four thousand to just? 1100 or and now they bounce back up since they made the, the conference finals yeah I, I just checked this morning i think they're like 17 but psa didn't grade many of those in the last six months they've basically all been graded so that's actually a great point you know like it's not like that the 10 supply i'd be honest cards is multiplying rapidly like it is of cam johnson or deandre hunter um i have or my guy tyler hero yeah tyler hero is a great example too um i have a theory that what's going on here is social media panic mode buzzword type of deal throughout the entire marketplace has anything to do with the word base you see the word base and it's instantly crap right it doesn't matter what your it's from it doesn't matter what card it is it doesn't matter what sport it is it's instantly garbage and i think that that's a bad way to look at it i specifically talked about you know base cards are being graded at high supply they're gonna be coming back in high supply you know Giannis psa tens are not coming back at rapid rates I think what happens is when you see something like a Zion-based PSA 10 where thousands are coming back and then the sell-off happens and just shoots right down, I think that that theory starts to get applied to any base card of any NBA player in the marketplace. And I'm not saying that they're going to bounce back like a Giannis PSA 10. I can't like sit here and like try to guarantee someone that if you spend 1700 it'll be like 3.5K you know, type of deal. But what I, what I feel personally is that certain base cards are not bad. Certain base cards have low populations compared to the amount of people buying in the marketplace. And certain base cards can build over time because the, you know, the perspective parallels of those players are so expensive. Um, and, and I think just maybe the lack of spending too that's been happening between maybe some restrictions opening up for COVID and people doing more things, summertime vacations, you know, once kids are back in school in fall and winter comes like, you know, what's to say that people aren't, aren't spending more time in cards or spending more money in cards, you know, stuff like that. So there, there, I think there's a lot of factors that go into it. I think that some of the drops that happen between some of these cards were purely also over overpricedness. You know, like since when was a Kevin Durant PSA 10 tops Chrome supposed to be 12 grand before he won his third finals? But that's type of deal, right? Like, you know, like maybe he wins the finals and the MVP and the finals MVP and then he wins the second one. I can see it. And that's how it used to be in the industry. But just off, based off of some words that were spoken, maybe between a bunch of people in the hobby and People thinking that KD will win and it shoots up to 12 grand and now it's what four, four and a half. Um, that that's that's where I see some of that stuff occurs. It's funny. I came into the hobby, it was base craze, right? Like just a year ago, I would go to I went to like the Philly show, I went to your Westchester show cage. Base craze, base craze. I must have heard it 50 times. Yeah. Uh, how base cards are all going up. Now it's the reverse. Well, you were all about that base. To, to me, to me. It has to do with things that can get instantly like crippled, so to say. You can't instantly cripple a card that's serial number out of 25. You know, it, t- it would take everyone that owned the card to list all at the same time on auction to cr- actually cripple the value of it. Base, can I, yes, uh, right. can I throw say? something out there? If, 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 if everybody just collected parallels out of 25 or, uh, or RPAs or cards that were um, cards that were not attainable by everyone, There'd be no need for Slab Sox Pro card ladder. True. Okay, so let me point that out too. Because I don't want to I don't want to be one of the people that just like, you know, says that any base cards are garbage. I and I think that there's there's reasons for each card in the marketplace. 
I don't think that the base card reason is to have values that are thousands upon thousands of dollars for tons of supply that can instantly be sold off by people that hold hundreds of them. You know, and I know KJ had a ton of Tatis, but that, you know, KJ did what he did with his Tatis because there was a market for it and stuff. It makes total sense. Yeah, I have five left. See, so he sold most of them. So there, but how there many Pete Alonzo's do you have left? None. Too many. Oh, wow. Um, but th- there is fact that if you have a super high population base PSA 10, that's like 15 grand PSA 10s. Someone can go list 100 or 200 at a time and there's not enough buyers and the price drops by 40%. It's just fact of the matter. But if you're trying to get into the industry and you're trying to find cards that you can afford in certain slabs, in certain players, you it gives you a starting point. Now, that starting point should not be Acuna PSA 10s for $350. Like that's not the starting point. The starting point is your guy that you love that is maybe undervalued that you can go and find his PSA nines or PSA tens for $20, $25. And that guy, you know, actually grows his legacy, grows his fandom to where now it's $75. And that's why I think that all these cards in the industry have a place. That's why Slab Sacks Pro is a thing and can track these things. Cause KJ, I want to agree with you. It was a great point. If it was just out of 25s, if it was just RPAs, Slab Sacks Pro literally wouldn't exist. Cause there's no point. Us, we can't track those things enough. There would be no sales, you know, like I mean, it's hard to be a stock market, right? It's about liquidity, right? That's what makes a stock market go, right? So, I mean, you'll have that stuff on there. You'll definitely have those cards on there. But, yes. You know, and look, sometimes you're going to track a card and it's going to be going down. But that's yeah. that's the value of this. It's historical data. You know, you're able to show people what it's worth now, what it was worth, how it's trending. Right. Um, and, and, and I don't think that like a Zion-based PSA 10 should be worth $0. That wasn't the point of me, you know, bringing that up. It's like Zion-based PSA 10s are going to find a level to where people are willing to hold those cards for future value. And that's and how every five of them for the price of that Giannis. Exactly. And and that's how everything is seen in the industry, right? Like I don't think just because a PSA 10 base pop is 20,000 or 15,000, that it should be worth $0. I think it should be worth the amount of people are willing to hold that card, you know, and see, and see what happens in the future as that player goes up in value. Because what happens is you get the fact, you know, you get Luca PSA 10s that are worth 750 and then Trey goes off in multiple series in a row. And then people, you know, have have their trade based PSA tens that are now worth three fifty because Luca's worth so much, but Trey's doing so much more in the playoffs. You know, like every, there, there's levels to the entire industry, and everything I think has to have some value in some sense for some specific reason. Um, just my point here is is that if you are like prospectively looking to spend five thousand dollars or you're holding five thousand dollars worth of like base cards, that is where it starts to get in the conversation. Hey. Sell some, diversify, get a rare card. You know, it's not the person that has two hundred dollars to spend, and and they can go and buy X amount of you know one card or two, a, a cluster of five you know PSA tens of their favorite player that they think will grow. Because like if we said that back when Dom and Mitchell and Jason Tatum PSA tens were twenty five dollars, and I, I kid you not, I bought like five of them back in like two thousand and nineteen for like seventeen eighteen bucks. Dom and Mitchell and Jason Tatum PSA tens. You know, then they then they never rise to fifty if the same theory applied. You know, like it just all has to do with how much demand is there and what's the price level at. Is the raw card market dead? The raw card market? Yeah. I I think to actually validate the raw card market for cards that aren't rare, there needs to be some opportunity with the grading. And the fact that there's none with PSA has a lot of people seeing the raw card market be dead. Um I know that HGA is doing their thing, but they, they're not taking a limited submission. So like it doesn't really like create a market opportunity unless you get a submission. And for SGC, I know that like some people are doing, you know, well on some of their newer cards that are coming out. I think it, it, if some company can try to perfect this like raw card market between like, you know, 10 and, and $30, you can actually physically grade and, and make, money on then yeah you know there's a place for the raw card market to, to thrive the raw card market you're gonna see struggle is the the base rookies from like 2021 top series one baseball like how many joy Dell rookies can be out there before they're just not worth even a dollar yeah that's how it used to be too you know that's how it used to be trout updates were like 25 cents and he was a top prospect you know like that is how it used to be so not saying that like it, I, I should say this. It's dead compared to when PSA 10s, you could prospectively go and look and see that your base PSA 10 be worth like 80 bucks, like Boba Shed and you grade it for 20, right? Like the, the opportunity is not there, which is why it's seen like that. You know, you, you can't deny that there's that the opportunity is not there anymore. I won't deny it. It's just not there. What happens if it comes back? 
what happens when PSA comes back in a year or whatever it is? I mean, that's that's the question. That's, yeah, yeah, thought... By the way, um, you know, Andrew's a, a stock market guy. Uncertainty yeah. is what brings markets down. Uncertainty, not bad, not fundamentals, uncertainty. Uncertainty, yeah. Wall Street hates uncertainty. It's why elections always cause turmoil. You want to know what's going to happen. You want to have some certainty, right? That's the uncertainty. And, and believe it or not, I think more than anything, more than – all about that base, no treble. All, more than anything, it's that uncertainty surrounding whether or not you can color up the way that you were able to. People knew what they could do. They knew that if they spent $5 on a base card, added in $15 to grade it, it was $20 and it was selling for 75 or 80 They knew what they could do. They knew how many of them they needed to do. You don't know that now. You don't know what the cost yeah. is going to be. You don't know what the turnaround time is going to be. You don't know what the launch, you know, the whole nine yards. I think that in and of itself is one of the biggest issues going on right now with, with hobby, with raw, with, with opening wax. I mean, who opens a series two box of baseball right now? I have one sealed in my basement. I don't even want to open it. You know, what am I going to do with it? Cause if you don't hit one of the top parallels, you're just, if you don't hit a monster, you're wasting money. And it's not, it was not like that for years. You could always salvage a box. Now, now I will say that's what it was like though. Pre 2018. That's you true. You have to hit a monster, you know, that's true. But, 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 but back then you're buying series two for like $45 a hobby. You're not buying it for like a hundred dollars a hobby. I can't and, uh, oh. and just to, just to add to what cage says, cage, you're still on mute. Um, Sorry, I would say a huge difference in market participants back then, too. Yes. That's the huge difference, right? Very much so. so. I mean, you know, not only is the price of the box now four times as much, but there's four times as many people in the hobby. Yeah, and also your your monster wouldn't be worth what it would be today, too, if you pulled it. I just mean for all of us, all of us people who are out there with the gold rush, with our pans and our pickaxes, rather than looking for gold. You with your Slabstock Pro, us with content, all the people who are who are bolted on to the actual machine that is the hobby, right? That wasn't there in 18 either. So now what the uncertainty is, which way do we go, right? Mm-hmm. Do we continue down the path of prosperity that's there? Does PSA open back up? Do these other grading companies pick up some of the slack? Are we going to have that? Or do we lose that segment of the hobby and go back to what I call the dark ages pre-2018? Well, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. We will see. I, I see a lot of it matters in how much how much PSA opens up at two. Will they start to accept those bulk or group submitters at twenty five thirty dollars again? You know that will determine. We don't know that, so it's hard to speculate. When we like Cage said, uncertainty. It's hard for people to then buy in with uncertainty. Also, Cage is worried about the bulk submitters uh, businesses. He uh, he is very worried about those guys. They they ramped up and then they ramped down very quickly. Well, hey, I mean, it's a great about everybody. Point. A lot of those businesses invested a lot to build it up and to hire employees and stuff and all that stuff because you that's all manual. You know, you can't can't get around stuff by tech. I mean, you can streamline things with better submission processes and stuff, but you definitely need people helping to be able to do that. And I, I feel and for all office space, right? And yep. that space too. Yeah, I feel for them. I hope that you know things turn around and that PSA opens back up at levels that they can handle and everything. Hawks Bucks. I know your prediction, but let's talk. Let's talk like for three minutes yeah. uh, about what you're seeing in the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I famously said Giannis has more to gain from beating the Nets than Kevin Durant does for beating the Bucks and winning a championship. I stand by that. What do you see? What, what do you think of these playoffs? I think the person has the most to gain of anything in this tournament or in this playoffs is Giannis. Even if I wasn't a Bucks fan, I'd say that you win two MVPs back to back. And the thing that people dog you for is winning a championship outside of your three-point shooting or free-throw shooting. It's like you win a championship and people saying, oh, 65% free-throw shooter, they either shut up or they're just haters, you know? So, like, to me, it's like Giannis has the most to gain. I also think that Giannis has the most to lose, though, in the playoffs. You beat the Nets. Amazing. I'll tell you what. Down 2-0. I thought I was done. I'm not saying I like, wasn't a believer. I wasn't like a fan. It wasn't like, oh, screw this. You know, I'm done with the NBA. But like, it's not looking good when you lose by 40 and you're down 2-0. We win that next game at home and I'm starting to get more excited and stuff. And like to beat the Nets was huge. Like I think that that definitely did a lot to maybe save Budenholzer's job. But now there's no excuses. You have to make the finals. You don't draw the, the Hawks with home court advantage and miss the finals after all these years of trying to get over the hump. Like this is like, I would, I would rather lose to the Nets in seven than lose to the Hawks in seven at For home sure. going to the finals. For sure. And, and I think that 
if Giannis can do similar things like he did against the Nets, like 40 points in game seven is a big deal. Like, I don't care how you slice it up. I don't care if you say, oh, he gets it all in the paint. I don't care what you say. You put up a performance that took your team to the to the next round. Like, that is big. De- that's a big deal. And he went, like, at 1.7 for eight for free throws in that third quarter, I believe. And, um, yeah, I'm Bucks all the way. I think Bucks in uh, – I think it's Bucks in five. I think I think it's closed out at home. I don't think it gets to the back to the Hawks in six. I think that what's probably going to happen is go two zero at two zero at home, lose maybe game three or four, and then uh, you know close it out in five at home. I, I'm not saying there's not a way it goes to six or seven, but like I'm 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 feeling the, the game five at home vibe here, um, barring please Trey Young, don't drop like 50 a game every game you know, type of deal. But hey, if we could contain Kevin Durant enough to make him tired enough to not win, I'm not saying like Kevin Durant's going to get his points. You know, it's he's, you can't stop him from scoring, but you can wear him down enough to where you can last longer. And uh, that's the game plan of Trey Young too. And Drew Holiday, I think is going to impress a lot of people. I think a lot of people don't, don't, who don't really know the Bucks. you know, they watch that Sixers series and honestly, Sixers were awful. Uh, Andrew, are, are you a Sixers fan, Andrew? I love the NBA. I'm not a good fan. I'm not like a loyal fan to any team. I support my city. I want my city to win. But we saw the writing on the wall with the Sixers. Okay. I saw Ben Simmons the last four years, and he's gotten progressively worse. So I wasn't yeah. surprised. Yeah, and then also like putting Seth Curry and Kevin Herter. Like you're not going to see it with the Bucks. Like you're not going to see like a Seth Curry like defender on Kevin Herter. Like people are going to watch that Sixers series, and they're not going to really be ready for what the Bucks have to offer. But yeah, Bucks and five. As for the the, the Western Conference playoffs, um, man, I, I think it'll go seven. I think the Suns will pull it out, but like I think I think that there's no point in counting out the Clippers. We saw what happened against the Jazz. Like you can't just count out a team that that can do things like that without Kawhi Leonard. So we'll see. Cage, any any words? Any words of wisdom for our community? Yeah, I think Giannis has lost that hobby mojo. I think he's now one of those people, those rare people that was like everybody was pulling for him because he came out of nowhere and then he won his you know solo awards, you name it, and now people are looking to tear him down. Um, and I think that it's going to be very hard to make money in Giannis. I think that any bump for the finals is already in there. Any bump for a championship is already in there. Anything less than the finals, you can see that card go down from the 1800 that it's at now. It's already up 50% from where it was before that net series. Um, I think it's already priced for perfection the way that it is because it is a base card, even though it's a much rarer base card. Um, and I think there are probably more people out there rooting for him to fail now that he's chalk. Um, you know, I see a lot more venom, you know, about um, Giannis than he ever did before. And that's what happens, man. He's the favorite now. You know, you get a target put on you, especially when you go out there and score 40 is great. But, you know, when people want their their champs. People want the guy who's taking that last shot. People want that guy who, you know, who's, you know, going to have the ball in his hands for that, you know, that that signature moment, you know, and it's not going to be Giannis. Which, also, yeah. the, the teams that are left, they don't match up well with the Bucks at all. It, True. It's, a, it's a blessing. Right well, look now. at the odds. Because the the odds are, they're I think they could sweep all. I, I think they could sweep both series. Just yeah, match up wise. I, I don't want to get too confident to where I have to backtrack and be super. Well, I'm saying this, not you. Aaron. People have. So That's why the card went from 11 and change to 17 and change because people yeah. already already pricing that in. So be careful. You know, don't buy it expecting you know that card's going to double when he wins in a championship. I think people. Oh are yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, talk, I'm talking from a, from a Bucks fan here. Now I do love yeah. me some Yachts cards. You know, but like, what if course. they sweep, Cage? What if they sweep? Like. Uh, I mean, listen. Coach Butt yeah. aside, real quick. Coach Butt aside. Coach Butt. He's, he's, Coach Buttholes are aside. <laughs> this team. I mean, who who on the Hawks is going to match up with Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Drew Holiday? They got nobody. Uh, and then the Suns. As much as I like the Suns, they're short. They're tiny. And you have three huge guards on the Bucks. It's not a great matchup these next. Listen, two we series. said going in that was the real finals there. I mean, look, the teams out in the West are really great, but I mean, no, neither of them exactly match up great against Giannis. I mean, DeAndre Ayton has looked like Will Chamberlain, but remember who he's playing against. I mean, he's not going to do this against Giannis. It's just not going to happen. Well, he's not going to do it against Brooke Lopez. Really, so, Brooke yeah, Lopez is a I mean, big even, man. Even Lopez. I mean, so the point the point is, you know, they have, he'll have to play some defense too. Um, the matchups are great, and that's why the odds are what they are that the Bucks should win this. Um, yeah, you know this is the best chance, and, and he yeah, he better he better he better cash this chip now. I I think that this is the most hope that we we've had in forever, and I think it might be the most hope we'll ever have because of the, how the situation played out with injuries and certain teams and whatnot. Um, but it also will build up for potentially the, the most disappointment. So, so I, I'm walking a fine line here of being like, oh man, 2021 champs already versus like, hey, it's got to rain in. See how game one goes tonight and react from there, you know? 
All right, listen, we hit an hour. We're, uh, you know, we're, we've got the predictions. We know you're going bucks all the way with Slab Stocks Pro. Everybody check him out on, uh, on slabstocks.com. You can get, you know, get on there right there. Any final words, guys? That's it, man. Thank you so much for having me. It was a good discussion. I hope that people found value. This episode of Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color-coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.